0: owner of Grant Writing and Funding. Anyways, I just wanna thank you guys for listening today um, as we're moving through our how to start a 501c3. And we're gonna be talking about board of directors today, which is really important. So even if you already have a nonprofit that's been around for a while, um, you have a board of directors. And maybe your board of directors, you think, man, I really wish I could increase and strengthen You know the involvement and the participation that they have or you may have a fantastic board but maybe they're only on it for another year or another six months and you want to ensure that the new board you have coming on is going to be just as inspiring and passionate and committed as the one that you have now so we're really going to look at the different ways to ensure that you have this fantastic, phenomenal board of directors. Um, And this is really one of the top complaints I hear from nonprofits is, um, you know, just not really having a board of directors who is knowledgeable about what they should be doing. And they're not, you know, and because of that, then they may not be 100% committed because they're not really even sure what they should be doing. All right, but before we go into that, I wanna go ahead and say a big shout out thank you to Diana. Diana, um, she wrote practical information for all grant seekers on, as a review on iTunes. So on our grant writing and funding on iTunes, she wrote this great review. And then she wrote, this podcast offers much knowledge for grant writing. Both Holly's podcast and website contains much practical information. So I just want to thank you, Diana, for writing that. And I also want to just um, encourage you guys, um, please subscribe to our, our podcast on iTunes and so you can get, you know, all these episodes directly to your inbox. And please leave a review. These really help for other people to find this podcast and get all of these free resources and information. And who knows, maybe I'll read your name on the next podcast episode. All right, guys, so as we're moving through this, let's go ahead and talk about your board of directors. So we are going to go over the entire or we have been going over the entire how to form a nonprofit organization step by step process. But this episode, like I said, it can be a solo if you are forming a board of directors or if you want to update your board and have a more active and healthy board of directors. According to research, one of the reasons that many nonprofits end up failing is due to inexperienced board of directors. This is inexperienced board of directors includes having the wrong people selected, possibly, the board not understanding their roles, and not being consistent with training and with having ongoing and consistent meetings, right? Maybe your board only meets once a year. That's not really a sign of a healthy board, so we're going to go over some things here. In a survey of about 900 nonprofit board of directors conducted in collaboration with BoardSource and GuideStar, a significant number of directors, 27%, don't believe their fellow board members have a strong understanding of the organization's mission and strategy. 65% reported they don't think their board is very experienced and about 50% don't think their colleagues are engaged in their work. Don't make this be your board of directors. All right, so let's get to it. How do we go ahead and make sure that you don't end up with a board of directors like most of them, okay? First thing first, selection. When you're selecting your board of directors, right, <laughs> do not make this a desperate attempt to fill in slots for the sake of filling slots and then thinking you as executive director will just tell your board what to do. On the other hand, what I often see are family members as the board of directors. I do not encourage this. I encourage you to find people who are passionate about the needs and gaps that your nonprofit will fill or does fill, who have a matrix of skills, include representation of your target demographic, and bring diversity to the table. Yes, this may be some of your family members. But often your family may just say yes to appease you, right? Please, mom, be on my board, I need some people on it. Okay, (laughs) right? But maybe they're not really passionate about what you're doing, and they won't necessarily be a governing board. They will be a board that is just told what to do by the executive director, and that's not a healthy board, right? You're getting no support then as the executive director if you're just telling your board what you want to have done. So what are the characteristics of board members? All right, so let's look at that. How do you choose the right people? All your chosen board members should have these traits or characteristics. This is important to having a respectful and thriving board that can work together and has mutual work ethics. These following characteristics are number one, passionate about the cause. If these people are just doing you a favor, they are not truly passionate about your cause. You want to have people that are truly as passionate as you are about the mission that the nonprofit will carry out. Number two, decision makers. You want people who are willing to make decisions and take 100% responsibility for those decisions. Your nonprofit will be dealing with money, projects, people, and a load of other items, and you may want those directors to have a good record of making good decisions. Number three, team players. You want people who are open-minded and who can work with one another. If they can't budge on an issue or negotiate, then it is gonna be really difficult when their items might be voted against. This could lead to holding a grudge and causing your nonprofit to downspin quickly. So you want them to be a team player. And number four, innovative. You do not want people who think the same old, same old is the best and cannot think out of the box. Your nonprofit is a business and will need to be innovative, flexible, and at times take risks. You want people who have that drive and can be resourceful. So just to wrap it up. So like I said, the first thing you want to do in finding board members is make sure they have these characteristics or traits, passionate about your cause, good decision makers, are team players and are innovative. Okay. Moving on to the matrix of skills. Well, Holly, what does that mean? It means you want to have people with different skills represented as board members. If you all, if you had just lawyers on your board, then you wouldn't be getting the diversity that you would need to really carry out a healthy board. So it is really important to find people that have a variety of skills. Sometimes you may not have all of these skills represented, but here are some that you can look for that will benefit your nonprofit. And this gives you a good idea of some questions that you can ask when people are interested in being on your board, or when you're trying to find people to be on your board, you might want to think of looking in different sectors for people that have different skill sets. Okay. So what are some of these common skill sets? Number one, fundraising skills. (laughs) If you are a grant writer, right? And you're listening to this right now, you probably have been asked a lot to be on boards. This doesn't always mean you have to do pro bono work though, or write any or all of the grants but it is good no- to know what to look for or to review grants before they are submitted. Other fundraising skills include people who know how to organize events, conduct crowdfunding campaigns, or solicit from corporations. So it really is good to have somebody on your board. And once again, just to reiterate all of the skills that I'm talking about, it do- they don't necessarily have to bring, um, they have to bring the skills to the table, but they don't necessarily have to do their job for free. That's not what I'm talking about. And just like this, you may have a grant writer, right? Who's on, on the board. They're not gonna necessarily write the grants for free because that's their job, right? But they will know how to review those grants. Maybe they can at least write some of it or just even if they're gonna, you're gonna be hiring a grant writer, they'll know what to look for. So it's good to have somebody who has skills. Number two, financial management skills. Oh yeah, everyone loves an accountant on their board or someone who is familiar with managing money. This can be very helpful to have someone with a skill as your treasurer. Managing funds can be a very sticky situation, so someone who is familiar with submitting a 990, an annual income, expense report, or writing checks is good to have on your board. And once again, you don't have to have this person do all of your work, right? That's their job that they get paid for and they're volunteering to be on your board. So you don't necessarily want to load them up with work, but they will be able to oversee the reports and understand them so they can translate them to the rest of your board. Okay. Number three leadership skills having someone who facilitate meetings be prepared with agendas and spearhead strategic planning is very good to have on your board of directors often these types of leadership can't talk today sorry guys these type of leadership skills are pervasive in entrepreneurs high level managers and let's be real moms that have like more than five kids, right? I know you're laughing, but my sister-in-law and brother have eight children. And I swear my sister-in-law could organize a stock full bunker with food supplies for five years and less than eight hours. Like she is so on top of it. So I just wanna add that because it is true. Don't just think your board of director has to be people who are making like six plus figures a year. Like these could be stay-at-home moms. They could have, they, people have skills, right? So, you wanna be able to bring in um, different people with different skills, and leadership skills kind of go across the board uh, for different types of sectors. Okay, number four. Okay, this is really important. One of the skill sets that someone can bring to your board of directors is being a peer in your cause. What do I mean by this? Well, if you serve homeless people, it might be very advantageous, and in some grants, actually required. If you have a former homeless person on your board, or if you're serving veterans, don't you think having a veteran on your board would be beneficial? I mean, What if you're serving llamas, (laughs) don't you think having someone, I mean, maybe you're not necessarily serving people, right? Maybe you're a conservation nonprofit or something like that. But don't you think someone on your board that has actually worked with the llamas or own a llama be helpful? These people will definitely fit a characteristic of being passionate about your cause, right? If we go back up to the characteristics and traits, but they'll also bring a unique insight that could make the difference between your nonprofit failing and succeeding believe me sometimes just the heart of a nonprofit is on point but their approach is wrong and the target demographic can be offended all right i've seen this happen but if you actually bring in peers people you know a veteran if you're serving veterans you want to hear what they have to say how does this marketing piece look what is this offensive in any way what what are your real needs are we like running around in circles you know, coming up with all these projects that really aren't what is needed, you really wanna have insight. So the more the merrier, you don't just have to have one, you can have more than one peer, you know, as part of your cause on your board of directors, absolutely. Because these peers can really bridge any divides. It's fantastic. All right, next, marketing skills. This skill is becoming more and more demanding yet shoved under the cover of many nonprofits. Social media is a godsend for many nonprofits as it offers a free way to market and connect your message with your followers. No longer is it just the one television commercial with the sad, abused animals with the equally sorrowful song of Arms of an Angel belting out in the background. You guys remember that commercial, right? I'm totally aging myself right now. But oh my goodness, I've never cried so much watching television. And this type of marketing is still great, but most nonprofits can't afford these types of commercials, right? On national television. Like that's super crazy expensive. Even radio spots can be very expensive. But they might be able to swing together a YouTube video on an iPhone in five minutes, right? Even though it's free, you still need someone who knows how to put together that video, what content would explain the messaging the best, that they know how to start an Instagram page or know how to use hashtags. All of these kinds of things can really make a difference. Just throwing up a Facebook page nowadays it doesn't really do much, right? It's saturated. So you still have to know how to do good marketing. So these marketing skills can be the difference between a clunky nonprofit stuck in the same old stale budget, and one that can raise $20,000 in a few weeks via a crowdfunding campaign. Not to mention have your community really understand what you're going to do to reach your cause. All right, so these are people that Well, let me just repeat this then one more time. Let's go ahead and sum it up. Okay, so here's some, and there's definitely more, guys. There's definitely more different skills that could be advantageous for your board of directors, but these are just five very common ones. So once again, fundraising skills, financial management skills, leadership skills, being a peer, marketing skills, right? So they're the people that will govern your nonprofit and will take no profit from it. But how many do you need? How many people on your board do you even need? You're saying, oh gosh, there's five different skills here, Holly, so I need these five people, plus this, the, the char- they all need to have these characteristics. Well, most states require no less than three positions and no more than 15 officers. So how many directors on your board really depends on what you want to accomplish. Do you want a director to head up marketing, communication building, or certain services that you offer? Just keep in mind that the more directors you have, the more difficult it is to navigate a meeting time that everyone can attend. One tip is to have an odd number of board of directors, and in that way there will never be a tie in voting. At the bare minimum, you will need a chair, a vice chair, and a secretary slash treasurer. And some states require that the secretary and treasurer are separate people. So draw up what the responsibilities of each of these positions will be, as well as the responsibilities of the board of directors. These duties are generally listed in your bylaws and we'll be talking about your bylaws more later on. Okay, but here are some basic broad responsibilities for your board. Number one, attend a certain percentage uh, percentage of board meetings. I recommend having no fewer than four meetings per year, one per quarter. However, ideally is to meet monthly, right? Have your board of directors meet every month but require having attendance of at least 75% of the meetings. This is why ideally meetings are monthly because if you miss a couple of months, that is not, if you're meeting monthly, right? That is not as impactful as missing one meeting if you only have four for the year. So if you only meet quarterly and you miss one meeting, you're basically missing six months. That's crazy. How are you actually really gonna be able to govern a nonprofit, if you're only you know, if you miss a total of half the year, so you could also include electronic meetings in your bylaws so that if somebody is traveling, they can zoom or Skype in. But really, you must, when you're selecting board of directors, you know, have them commit. You have to commit if you want to be a part of our board, at least attending 75% of all meetings. Okay, number two, manage resources effectively. Yep, if you have policies in place such as requiring three quotations on any purchases of more than a thousand dollars, then make sure you adhere to these policies. So, you want all of your board of directors to say yes, they will manage the resources effectively. Number three, represent the nonprofit. Once you are on a board, you represent the nonprofit wherever you go. If you go out, binge drinking and then get into an accident, the newspaper reporter might report you, your title as chair of X nonprofit. That's a severe example, but anywhere you go, you represent the nonprofit, so keep this in mind. All right, guys, so before you even ask or beg people to be on your board of directors, have them commit to the broad responsibilities and then actually vet the people that will be on your nonprofit. Really try to turn it around in your mind as far as like, oh, I'm desperate for board members, turn it into, I have an awesome nonprofit, people are gonna be excited to be a part of it, and we wanna make sure that we have the best people governing us. So we wanna make sure that we vet them and that they commit to certain things to be a part of our nonprofit, okay? So really make sure that they're a good fit for your nonprofit. Here are a series of questions that you can ask them. One. Why are you passionate about serving on this nonprofit? Two, why do you want to join this board of directors? Three, what resources do you bring to the table? Four, what do you hope to gain from being a part of the board of directors? Number five, what kind of financial commitment are you willing to make to the nonprofit? I didn't really talk about this, but this is something we can definitely go into more detail about as far as some board of directors are they have to commit to raising a certain amount of money for the nonprofit and maybe you want to make this as part of your stipulations number six are there any potential conflicts of interest right and sometimes conflicts will be there um but as long as it's transparent and it's on the table and they recuse themselves from voting on certain issues then that's fine there's always going to be conflicts so that's why You're going to ask this question, it's not just an automatic, oh, there's any conflicts you cannot serve on our board. That's not it at all. It's just we need transparency so we know how to handle conflicts, that's all it is. Number seven, are you willing to commit to showing up at board meetings and being engaged? And number eight, what would be a legacy that you would want to leave as part of your role as a director? So really make this exciting, you know, and you can see just how asking certain questions, you're not desperate anymore searching for people. Now you're saying, hey, this is an awesome opportunity. We need to make sure that you're the best fit, that you're getting what you want from this, and that you're able to really step up and leave something, you know, make a change in the community and really feel like you're a part of something big. And at the same time, there are responsibilities and commitments. So there you go. That is a basic outline of your board of directors. Now go ahead and get the very best individuals with the right characteristics, the right skills, and the right desire that can help guide your nonprofit in the best possible way. And yes, you guys, just as I wrap this up, I just wanna remind you guys that this is a part of our course that's coming out this April. So if you're a part of our online membership, this will be included in the membership, but you can also purchase this course as well. And what would be included in the the course from today, this part of the course, right? We're gonna put all about how to start a nonprofit, all of the different podcasts you've been listening to. We really go into online videos, all this stuff that we discuss are downloadables. So you can go ahead and have this at your fingertips, right? And today we would have a checklist for you. We'd have all this information in the course that you could download. Yeah, but otherwise, feel free just to write it down on some paper. But if you would like to already have something already drafted out for you, then please get the course or the online membership. All right, guys, I hope you're doing great and having a wonderful weekend. I'm so, so thankful for your – well, this will probably actually be out Not on the weekend, (laughs) but anyways, it's my weekend now. Yeah, it's a lovely weekend here on Guam, beautiful weather. But anyways, I'm just so thankful for you guys out there. I've been getting so many more people subscribing to the podcast, and it's just really exciting. So thank you so much for being a part of my journey, and I hope it's helping you. All right, guys, I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Do you want to join the Changemaker Tribe and get courses, downloadable checklists, samples of awarded grants, behind-the-scenes live Q&A with myself and the tribe, and discounts on grant services. Be sure to join the Changemaker membership at www.grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash membership. Thank you for listening to this Grant Writing and Funding podcast. I hope you've enjoyed your time. For more questions, email Holly at holly at grantwritingandfunding.com or visit www.grantwritingandfunding.com.